Week 2, Day 4, Salvation Out of Zion Welcome! My name is Kelly Kaufman. I get to serve as the Operations Manager for CAFE 4, and I had the privilege of getting to cooperate in this project we're doing here. In the last several days, we've been looking at Psalms 3 through 14. We found David, a king on the run, who has penned these psalms that are heavy, emotional, angry, and complicated. So often we think of the book of Psalms as this series of praise songs that like an old-timey Bethel or Hillsong or Kirk Franklin wrote, but wow, like not some of the ones this week. And yet I find myself really relating to some of them. Honestly, like who among us has not felt a flash of anger at the guy who flies past you on the crowded freeway driving way too fast and putting us all in danger? Or heard that backhanded comment from a family member or coworker and thought, I just wish someone would do that to you so you really understood how that felt. Oh, so just me, cool. <laughs> I'll see Pastor Buzz about some counseling later. <laughs> well, for those of you like me, it's honestly a relief to see that just because we've been adopted into God's family and given the Holy Spirit to help us, we still get angry. Even when we are, like it says in Hebrews 12, surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, which is to say people at church and in our small groups that can help us understand the word of God and how to grow, people other than me, and including me, still lose control of their emotions. Number one, I am still a fallen human being who experiences a broken world around me, and I am not always great at sifting through my responses to it. But also numbers like two, three, four, five, and six, Racism exists, injustice exists, the strong prey on the weak, or sometimes the ones that feel weak on the inside lash out at others to make themselves seem strong. As I'm sure you know, the world isn't fair, and it isn't always safe, and anger and fear and frustration are understandable responses. So what does the text have to say today? Psalm 14 says, The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. So, some similarities to what we read in the last few days. Other nations are coming after David's people, the nation of Israel, and he is not happy about it. But Psalm 14 is a huge help to me for this reason. David isn't letting his emotions rule his response. He begins by looking at the people coming to attack his nation. But even more than that, he expands his scope by recognizing that, far more than just an extension of his own experience, these people have their own core issues in that they don't recognize the Lordship of God. They utterly reject the ways of life that God commands, and they even attack the Lord's people. He sees the situation within his own context, understanding how he feels about it, and he also sees it within the larger context, not allowing his emotions to be filtered through this fallen humanity and world, but through the truth of God's nature and God's plan. I'm learning in life that it's okay to experience our emotions. This passage illustrates here that it's best to put our responses to them into context with that broader God-sized perspective. And it's so much easier to have that broader perspective if we're rooted in righteousness. 
We're setting ourselves up for success if we're leaning into our relationship with God, asking Him for His help, reading His Word, and actively trying to make decisions that are in alignment with His commands. When we do these things, we're training our minds to think more like God's, to see the ways in which we can help and to see His power over situations that seem huge to us. Think of it like going jogging. If we have a habit of going every day and running four miles every day, then we are much more likely to go, even on mornings where we just wanna stay in bed, and we're way less likely to despair at a six mile run since we already know so much has already been accomplished. By practicing a righteous life through God's power, we are better poised to have his perspective and to reject our own responses or gut reactions. In this passage, we see that David doesn't give in to a gut reaction of jealousy over these attacking armies' power. Even though they are persecuting his followers, David isn't seen here wishing he has the upper hand or even wishing that God would destroy them. He doesn't say, well, they've got some things wrong, but they've really got some things right too. No, because of his focus on God's nature and God's plan, he's able to reject any feeling of jealousy. And instead, he sees that broader picture of how their sin against God has poisoned them and will be their downfall. David knew how this was going to end up. His immersion in his relationship with God gave him hope about the future, strong faith that the outcome would be on the Lord's terms, and inspired him to call those around him into action. I love this part of this passage. You know, so many Psalms sink into this feeling of, why are they plotting against me? Why don't you come rescue us, Lord? Which is totally understandable, because that's what David was dealing with for a huge chunk of his life. And also, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one that feels these things. But I love how it shows here not only that David was confident in what the Lord would ultimately do in the situation, which was to be a refuge and restoration for his people, but also that he was calling his people into gladness. David was telling the people around him, God's got this. His promises are trustworthy. We can move forward in solid confidence and assurance that he will arise. Our people will not be wiped out and we can step forward into the future he's planned for us. In a way, he's bringing the joy of salvation to those in a dark place. And he's speaking to those who can exist only in survival mode that they can make long-term plans because God will hold them up. I wanna be this person. In the first episode, we wrestled with this question. How is David able to remember the truth about the goodness of God when his thoughts and emotions must have been overwhelming in the midst of his worst moments? When my worst moments come, I want to be a person that's rooted in righteousness. That through my prayer life and my study of the word with my community group and the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord would transform my mind to lean toward right decisions and right perspectives. I want to be the person that seeks God's view of my situation. I want the Holy Spirit to help me throw aside any jealousy or bitterness at what's been done to me or at what others have that I don't. I want to be aware of God's promised end game and to be so confident in what he will do that I call others into rejoicing and moving forward in his plan. Later in his life, when he was not rooted in righteousness, David acts directly from his own emotions rather than tempering them through God's plan, and he makes terrible decisions that cost lives. The grief he feels after this tears him apart, and his prayer is that God would cleanse him and restore their relationship. He prays, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That's Psalm 51, 10 to 12. 
He seeks righteousness. He wants closeness with God, and he begs God for joy to sustain him through the future. This is my prayer today, that God would help me get the right foundation, the right perspective, so that I can have positive responses to my emotions and encourage the people around me. Here's a question for you. Over this series, we're going to be talking a lot about how our situations can cause our thoughts to drift away from the Lord. My question for you is, what are some of the things that you have held onto in the past when times were tough that kept you in alignment with God? Share some ideas with your group about how you can constantly be reminded to remain with the Lord.